Karina Fly is a young woman who exudes strength and grace. She can also be described as a true victor and an example to many women. Karina is an angel mom's times two. After experiencing two losses, she was led by God to begin sharing her story publicly. Her motivation for sharing this journey was to remind other women that they are not alone. She also wanted to make it known that child loss did not only happen to certain groups of women. Anyone could find themselves in this seat. Karina's experience with child loss, high-risk pregnancy, and dealing with the medical complexities of a micro-preemie have led to the work that she is doing today. Karina is a published author, a NICU advocate, inspirational speaker, and an overall supporter of women. Let's welcome her. Hi, I'm Karina Fly, one of the authors of Don't Struggle in Silence. What's up, Grief Nation listeners? And today on the show, we have Karina Fly. How are you, Karina? I am wonderful. How are you? I'm doing great. We're going to jump right in today. Can you please tell us about your uh, grief journey? Absolutely. Um, My first, I just want to mention that my first introduction to loss um, and grief was at a very young age. I lost my dad um, very unexpectedly at the age of eight. Um, And I feel like I I didn't really grieve that loss until deep into my teens or early 20s. Um, So that's uh, another topic that can be discussed. Um, And at 23, I lost my first child at 14 weeks. And at 25, I lost my second child at 12 weeks. I'm sorry to hear about that. Thank you. Please tell us a little bit about going through both of those and and, and how that kind of shifted your um, belief of just having children. Sure. Um, My first loss was very, um, I I know every child loss is unexpected. Um, However, I had an appointment, a prenatal appointment that Tuesday evening, about 6 p.m. Everything was perfect. Um, Heartbeat was great. I had no complaints. Um, But less than 24 hours later, um, I would be being rushed to the ER, bleeding uncontrollably, um, just to get there and find out that um, I had lost a child at some point. And for me, that was very difficult to um, accept, mainly because, like I said, less than 24 hours before, everything was perfect. I had an ultrasound. There was no um, indication that anything was wrong at any point. And this was also um, three days before my college graduation. So um, that was very hard for me to kind of process all that at once. And it was my first pregnancy and everything. So um, you don't go into it thinking that you're going to lose your child, um, especially at such a young age, because we often tie in child loss or complications with being older. Right. Um, and so with my my second loss, um, that one was also... Um, very traumatic in its own way. I was 12 weeks, um, Saturday evening. I went to the emergency room again. They were like, oh, the baby heart rate looks great. However, um, the fetus was already coming out of my uterus. And at 12 weeks, of course, there was nothing they could do about that. Um, so the unfortunate part was they wanted me to go home and let the baby pass naturally. 
which mm-hmm. is very difficult for me because you you're still pregnant yes however right. you're waiting at any moment to release a fetus um that is no longer living yeah. and that was again another a whole different set of trauma that i had never um thought that i would face in my life um and the the thing about that the next day that sunday morning uh my boyfriend was telling me he didn't feel well you know his chest was hurting i was like it's probably just you know that grief setting in this mm-hmm. is our second child that we're losing i'm sure that's what it is but you know we went to the er anyway i'm in pain preparing to lose this child but you know i was like okay you have a life that we have to take care of as well yeah. and we got to the er um believe it or not his heart rate was 29 mm. 29 beats per minute Um, So, of course, they decided we have to admit you to the cardiac unit right away. Mm -hmm. Well, minutes before that happened, I felt the pressure of the fetus about to come out, um, standing in the hospital, about to get on the elevator. So, I run to the bathroom. Sure enough, the fetus comes out um, into the toilet. And a lot of people don't realize that at 12 weeks, it's actually a fully developed fetus. It's very small, Mm -hmm. um, but it definitely looks like a baby. Um, so I'm looking at this fetus in the toilet and I'm trying to figure out what do I do at this point? Do Mm -hmm. I call the doctors? Do I call a nurse? Do I just act like nothing happened and get back to his side while he's being admitted? Um, one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make. Um, so I literally just flushed the toilet, pulled myself together, left out the bathroom, went back to his side. He's like, is everything okay? Yep. I'm fine. I just have to throw up. I'm okay. So we get up to the room where he's admitted, and again, I start bleeding uncontrollably. So now at this point, I have to tell the truth about what just happened five minutes ago, because now I need help. Um, the nurses came in, they asked me, do I want to go back to the ER? I was like, no, is there something you guys can do for me up here? You know, can you just help me get cleaned up? I don't want to leave him. Yeah. Um, so they did. They helped me stop the bleeding, get cleaned up, everything, pulled it together. Um, and I went back pretending to him. And with that, um, I feel like the hardest part about that was I couldn't really acknowledge that I had lost that child until sometime later. Um, when he was well, he had been discharged from the hospital and everything. And I had time to process what Mm -hmm. that, um, those days looked like for me. Um, Mm -hmm. so I think with both my losses, it wasn't until much later that I actually went through the grieving process and was able to kind of focus on what had happened because both losses I feel like were tied to um, other major events Mm -hmm. that I had to focus on at the time. And so that was really big for me, just kind of getting to a point in my life where um, it wasn't until months after the second loss that I really began my journey of healing and kind of working through what I had experienced over the last two years with those losses. Wow. Sorry to hear about your losses, but I, I, there's no but. Um, sorry. I just wanted to say uh, the amazing thing about what was happening and that you shared, there was other events that was happening around that. Um, mm-hmm. And which kind of gave you the opportunity to not necessarily focus on them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you said, it was your graduation and then... Yeah now your boyfriend um mm-hmm. but that does prolong the grief process um mm-hmm. even though you had a, had something to focus on which a yes. lot of people don't and then they immediately go in so i just thought that that was just you know profound for you to have these experiences you know yes. simultaneously um 
with what you're already going through. Um, I mm -hmm. mean, as, as women, we're already strong, you know, yeah. um, but we were raised to be that way or, or we're taught to be that way. And then mm -hmm. having to be able to shift your own grief circumstances um, because of other um, events, like you stated, um, yes. I just commend you for being uh, just a woman and um, Thank being you. able to uh, process the grief once once you felt that you know now it's my time to do that so thank you yes. so much for sharing your story with us um how has becoming an author changed your life uh the first book i wrote um it's titled you're still here um that was my book that i wrote um individually in november of 2019 um that was something for me to just write to kind of let other women know that healing is possible Mm -hmm. um, there is definitely light on the other side of that darkness. Um, so I, I kind of talk about my journey through that. And, and what that has done for me uh, has allowed other women to kind of come to me with their grief stories and kind of I've been able to help them through their journeys of healing, which I, you know, I wrote the book and I wanted to help people, but I never anticipated that so many women, especially young women, mm -hmm. um, would have, you know, been able to relate to what I was talking about. Because like I said before, oftentimes, loss and fertility things like that are connected to older women mm -hmm. and oftentimes young women you're ashamed you know you're embarrassed you're like what's wrong with me i'm in my 20s and i still can't do this right um so for me i i'm very grateful that i wrote my first book you're still here and i titled it that because that's what it's all about no matter what you go through as long as you're still here as long as you still have breath in your body you have a purpose there's something for you to do Absolutely. and you have to discover that um, that's what's going to get you through the hard times. And so that was very important to me to write that book. And then the book that we're here to discuss, Don't Struggle in Silence, um, again, that was something that I was drawn to joining because it's so many different stories put together. So mm -hmm. there's going to be women all over the world with all different experiences that can relate. And I think that's very important because no one's loss is the same. Um, no one's journey of infertility is the same as the next person, you know, we all go through different things. So I think it's important to shed light on different stories, different journeys, um, and different processes of losing a child, um, or like I said, infertility. Absolutely, because there's so many different types of just pregnancy loss. Yes. After absolutely. doing the research for it, and I was like, wow, you know, so many different people are affected, you know, through different stages of the loss. Yes, um, yes. Um, and, I did have five children, but I lost three myself. So I understand. Um, but I didn't connect with that grief loss until I mm -hmm. actually um, spoke with Ashley um, a year ago. And, and okay. in regards to it, it's because, you know, when I start having children, I start having children in the 90s, so early okay. 90s. And it wasn't talked about at all. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't mm -hmm. know that that was something, didn't even realize it was grief. You know, I knew yeah. I was sad. Yeah. You know, I knew I had all these common emotions that are attached mm -hmm. and are tied to it. I was sad. I did feel guilty. Um, mm -hmm. And then right away, you want to have a baby again, you know, yeah. you, you know, just because yeah. you, that's a loss for you. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And I even had um, my youngest daughter, um, there was a twin. You know, mm -hmm. and I remember passing it just like you said. Um, yeah. And it not realizing that that was something at the time that I was going through, um, mm -hmm. that that was a, a very serious loss or part of my life. Um, didn't realize it, but I'm so glad that I'm hearing more about it and that mm -hmm. we are sharing this story so that women that, like you said, that have experienced this can acknowledge it. 
um, mm -hmm. because we don't know what the underlying um, pain that it's still causing. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And I like that you did mention that there are different types of loss at different stages. And I think all those losses should be acknowledged. And a lot of times, you know, women who have maybe an ectopic pregnancy or a loss at maybe five or six weeks um, feel like they can't share their story of loss or feel mm -hmm. like, you know, it's something that's not a big deal because mm -hmm. they were so early on. But there's still a lot of grief and, and disappointment and guilt attached to that. So I think, um, again, I, I love that Ashley is putting all these different stories together to right. acknowledge all different kinds of loss. Yes, absolutely. So what's next for your journey? Um, actually, kind of unexpectedly, I guess, I've been introduced to more speaking um, opportunities, which um, I'm enjoying because I do feel like I have a lot to say about loss and healing and and just kind of navigating grief. Um, like I said, I lost my dad. I've lost two children. And so those are all different kind of um, experiences. You know, mm -hmm. I, I feel like my grief from losing my father was different than losing my children. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and I feel like I've finally reached a place of truly um, being healed from that. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people struggle with that. So that's where I am right now, just really wanting to help other women heal. You know, sometimes what we do is we forget or we just kind of brush it under the rug, but you get all these triggers and now you're back in this dark place from that thing that you, you're grieving that you don't even realize you're still grieving. So I am just on a journey of really um, publicly speaking more about my own journey in hopes to heal other women and kind of help them realize that um, what they're going through is okay. And that, like I said, there's hope on the other side. And that's with any kind of loss or grief. Um, it all kind of goes together. You have to get over that hump and, and process what you've gone through in order to heal, to kind of live the life that you were called to live. Absolutely, absolutely. So what are some of the other things that you think, I know journaling and, and um, processing your grief, but was there any other mm -hmm. things that you did to help support you in that? I joined a lot of support groups. Okay. That was very big for me. Mm -hmm. um, because I, I wasn't really in a place where I had great support system. My mom, my sisters, my boyfriend, my friends, everyone knew what I had gone through. Mm -hmm. But it was very hard for me to talk to them about the loss itself mm -hmm. and what I was feeling, the grief and disappointment and the guilt that I was feeling attached to those losses. So joining support groups and other women who had been through it was huge for me. Um, and I, I made great friends with some of those women. Um, and I think that's what I always recommend. If you don't have anyone in your life that has gone through what you've gone through, find a support group. Find some other women or men, depending on what it is, um, that have experienced what you've experienced. Because them helping you is going to be like the best thing ever. At least for me it was. Yeah. Because someone was able to say, I get it. I understand. You're not crazy. You know, what you're yeah. feeling is normal. Yeah. So that was huge for me, just joining different support groups, um, listening to different lost podcasts, different um, sisters in laws was a big one that I listened to a lot. Um, and I, I think that would be my biggest thing, joining other support groups and women who have gone through it and made it out. Thank you so much for sharing that. So how can we reach you? Share um, your social media with us. Sure. Um, my Instagram is Carita, C-A-R-R-I-T-A, Lenise, L-E-N-I-E-C-E. I also have a um, separate Instagram for my nonprofit organization, Raising Little Miracles. And that is for my son that I eventually had was a 26-weeker. Um, he was in the NICU for four months. So I founded a nonprofit organization for other NICU families um, to provide support for them 
So that is at Raising Little Miracles on Instagram as well. All right. Well, thank you so much for telling us about. So what what are what else are you doing in your community with your foundation? Yes, um, I provide care packages for NICU families. Um, I know a lot of times the moms are not working. They're trying to be there for their children um, that are in the hospital. So different care packages that are needed, one-on-one um, -on -one support. I always talk to them via email, on the phone, things like that. Because again, that is a journey that you don't really understand unless you've been on it. Yeah. Um, and so I, I like to do a lot of support with that. Um, so mainly just the care packages and support. I go into the hospitals to give gifts for the babies and things like that, just to let the families know that someone's thinking about them. You know, oftentimes behind those Nikki walls, you feel like you're isolated, you're alone, you're in this struggle by yourself. Um, but it's very important for me to let families know that that's not the case. And how can um, others either donate or support you in your business? Um, actually, what are the needs? The donations are great because mm -hmm. a lot of times um, the things that you need for the babies are expensive. Mm -hmm. uh, the formula that a lot of preemies drink is very expensive. Um, preemie clothes are super hard to find. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so purchasing those are very important. And a lot of times the hospitals need um, donations, but the larger the amount, the better because they have lots of babies that they're trying to meet the needs of. So um, again, on my Instagram page, Raising Little Miracles, it's all one word. Um, I do have a lot of different ways that you can donate um, things that you can give. If you want to give actual um, items that's available as well, you can ship those to me. Um, so all that information is on my Instagram page. Okay. Listen, Grief Nation listeners, donations to Raising Little Miracles. Let's let's um, come together, band together, um, give what we can, um, especially during this time um, when there's yes. families in the hospital because of what's going on with our current pandemic and mm -hmm. still let's not still forget about those that you know the everyday person that is struggling that's yes. in the hospital so please if you could um send donations to uh miss carita fly um at raising little miracles yes ma'am okay okay great 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 so share a personal quote um that describes your journey for us I, you know, I, I've thought so much about that one personal quote, um, and the the best that I could come up with um, is it's in those dirty places that I was able to blossom, and and how I I look at that is like you plant a seed in the soil, and that's where you get the best product. If that seed is not buried in dirt, nothing's going to happen to it. It's just going to be a seed. Um, and so for me, I feel like I truly have discovered who I am and what I'm supposed to be doing by going through the dark experiences that I have. You're amazing. Do you oh, know thank that? You. <laughs> thank you. I'm like, thank you so much. Your story and just the things that you're saying. Good gracious. Thank Girl, you so God much. is blessing you. I mean, through thank all the you. things that could have, you know, have put you down. Yeah. Yeah, it has changed yeah. your life to be able to support so many other people. Yeah. Uh, gosh, just your story alone um, touches so many people on a level that um, they need to hear this from you so that they know that they can move forward. They can. Yes. Do Good gosh, girl. I didn't have you on this show to make me cry. <laughs> When my son was in the NICU, one of the nurses said to me one day, she goes, you know, I think the doctors want to talk to you. They want to ask you if you're okay because 
you know, you come in here all the time and you're like smiling and stuff. And they think that, you know, you're hiding what you're feeling and they're really concerned. My son yeah. was there, like I said, four months. It was a long time. He was one of yeah. the, the longest eggs in there. Um, at one point, he got so ill, they actually um, placed him on life support. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know what? For me, it's about getting it together. I go home, I cry, I pray, I read my Bible. But getting up the next day and understanding that as long as I'm still here, my son is still here, God is doing something. And eventually he's going to reveal that something. And I have to get to that point of understanding that one day it's coming. And, you know, like I said, my book, that's why it's called You're Still Here. Because as long as you're still here, life is still happening. There's something that's going to come out of it. I promise. Like there is something that's going to shine so bright on the other side of what you're going through. And that's what you have to focus on. So that's that's just kind of how I I live my life, and it's like I, I feel like I've been through so much that if yeah. I actually did not get to this point, I don't know where I would be. Right? Yeah, trust <laughs> um, me, I, 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 I that. I trust me. I truly <laughs> exactly. believe it. Yeah, uh, and it's just it's it's so much different from outside of the world that I'm used to being in, which is um, based a a lot on gun violence and suicide, but it's just still just to to be able to resonate with a woman that has experienced loss within itself, just grief within itself. Mm -hmm. It's just still, we still are bonded no matter, you know, no matter the circumstance, but we still are bonded. And just me, I just love, I love, love, love just speaking to not only groups of women, uh, men as well. um, But, I, I just love the fact that um, the work, the resiliency that comes out of, you know, so much pain. Yes. And I, I, I'm just yes. so grateful for who you are and what you're doing. And to be able to share that with some with other women, I'm just, yes. just sitting here thinking, I'm like, do you know, I, I, I just didn't realize from what you're sharing with me. I know I have somebody very close to my family, which is my niece that have had two babies in NICU and, you know, what she struggled with. And, you know, even yes. though the boys are, they're amazing now you wouldn't even be able to tell they were pretty yeah. but it's yep. like gosh you know I had someone that's just that close to me didn't realize you yeah. know trauma behind it and you know absolutely so it's it's definitely definitely meant for you to um share your story I, I you know a lot of times we say oh I'm so sorry you had to go through this but I mean it's for a greater re- greater yes part. absolutely Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So, is there anything else that has your attention, being an advocate, a speaker, an author in your community, that um, you would like to change or see um, to bring some further awareness to? Um, pretty much just what I'm doing now, understanding that um, loss is is not your fault. Um, age has nothing to do with it. Um, a lot of times, you know that that's what keeps women silent. You know that they feel like they did something wrong, or had I done this one thing different, but. Um, I'm here, you know, just to let them know that's not the case. It's not your fault. We're going to talk about this together mm-hmm. um, and we're going to bring awareness to this together. And that's just what I want to continue to do. And that's the same with the NICU. Um, it's not your fault that you had your child prematurely, that nothing happened. I had a cervical surprise and everything. My son still came 26 weeks because that's what he wanted to do. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> so uh, again, I, I have that's just kind of where I am right now, just kind of spreading that positivity to other women. You are a light. That's what you are. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And thank you so much for being on It's the Miami Night So Grief Talk. And we'll be talking to you soon. Thank you. Well, there you have it, Grief Nation listeners. And thank you for tuning in to another transformative segment on It's the Miami Night Show Grief Talk. Today, we give thanks filled with love and gratitude for our special guest with Meet the Authors Don't Struggle in Silence. I am a victor with Carita Fly. 
for expressing your very unique grief journey and sharing ways of understanding the healing process. This is your girl, Miami Knight, with much love and light until we connect again spiritually. Bye-bye.